Amici Sportivi! Welcome to another edition of Golazzo. Today, ahead of this weekend's Sampdoria Interclash, we're looking at two classic meetings between these two clubs, one of which saw them pretty much seal the title. Yes, Sampdoria will be celebrating the Gemelli del Gol, the Mancho Man, and generally wallowing in yet more 90s nostalgia and a bit of naughty stuff too. Ooh. Ciao a tutti. We have Dottori Gabriele Marcotti. Pleasure to be here. Oh, that's good news, Gabriele. And also Dr. James Fulcarso. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Schroeder says, uh, would you do a Galazzo on the scandals in the Italian game? Eh? Uh, particularly, I'm interested in Juve's demotion and the fall of Parma. Crikey. Well, there's... There's, there's a whole series of podcasts there. We'll, we'll get onto those, Doug. We'll put that on our on our list of pending topics. There, you know, it's a it's a rich vein, isn't it? Scandals in City. Tommaso Girardi going to join us soon on the <laughs> podcast? I think he's finally been brought to justice. Has now, he on this? Uh, yeah, I think. There's, wow. Yeah, both him and uh, was it Pietro Leonardi? I don't know if they've. Uh, I mean, the, the the case is now finally coming to yeah. coming to court. Yeah. Well, that's something we'll discuss when we do the decline and fall and a bit more fall and yet more fall. Uh, and they got back up a bit and now they fall again of well, Palmer. As I know from the fact that uh, former Juventus chief executive Antonio Giraudo uh, maybe still lives or certainly lived for a while in South Kensington. Huh. Girardi, if you're listening, there is no extradition for financial crimes <laughs> between the United Kingdom and Italy. <laughs> right. Now, uh, ooh, we're recording this on a Wednesday morning. A Wednesday morning, which on the streets of Rome will be littered still with... I'm trying to think, what, what would Roma fans leave around? With, with Littered still with the signs of, 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 of Romanista celebrations uh, after their uh, extraordinary triumph over Shakhtar Donetsk. And injured ball boys too. Yeah. 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 Well, it was a, it was a momentous night, a night which saw Dzeko seal their place in the quarterfinals. But then the team so very nearly throw it all away in the, in the last couple of minutes. But two Italian sides in the quarterfinals for the first time in 11 years. Mm. Ooh. Not just that, but three Italian managers, oh. potentially four Italian managers, if if you believe in Antonio Conte. Mm. And he I, doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> seem to, yeah. But, you know, others do. Yeah. So, uh, and just because I tweeted this out last night, I thought it was really clever, and it makes a reference to Janice Ian. A lovely story. Vincenzo Montella revealed that he and Di Francesco said, all right, we'll oh. meet again in the, fi- in the Champions League final. No way. Yeah. When did they say that? some well, undefined point in the past no? mm, oh. but it struck me that dreams are all they give for free to ugly duckling teams like these Seville and Roma beautiful. dream on boys beautiful alright anyway that is all to be discussed at a later date because in the final yeah, yeah. how about that today we're all about heading on back to the beginning of the 90s a time of rising samp a time of Anglo-Italian collaborations in the charts. A time of Squarials and a time of Sampdoria's one and only Scudetto. That's right, Sampdoria won the title in 1991, the end of the 1991 season. What, what, them winning the title? A little bit of perspective, please, Gabriele. 
I think it's really hard to, to make an analogy in today's game, but obviously Sampdoria traditionally very much, I think, the second side in Genoa, which is Italy's, what, fifth biggest, sixth biggest city, maybe even more than that by population. It is pretty remarkable. Now, they had, they had a wealthy owner um, who made it a point to go and just, just hoover up young talent. Uh, it was very evident in the, in the sort of early 80s to mid 80s. Any young player, he'd be in there and jump on top of them, knowing that a lot of times the bigger teams, you know, if they went and they signed a young player, especially in Italy with this mentality, we're a wonderful country where you could, you know, you're basically a child until you're 30, right? Uh, that's why, well, many of us <laughs> live with our home. parents, exactly. Um, but what he did is, I'm going to get all these guys in, I'm going to play all these young players, and they're all going to grow together and they'll get attached to the team. They won't want to leave. And obviously, eventually, they did leave, but not after not after winning. So yeah, not until uh, after winning. And Viali and Mancini, I think, very much the the very much a symbol of that. Yeah, I don't think there can be many nicer places to make your home than than Nervi. You know, the the area where uh, Sampdoria train, the, the area where a lot of the players lives, absolutely gorgeous slice of the, the Ligurian coastline. The, I mean, the, the other thing that was amazing about them winning this year was the the quality of the opposition they were mm. up against. You had Maradona's Napoli. You had the Arrigo Saki Milan that was a European champions at the time. In back-to-back years. Yeah. You, you had the Inter, of course, the, the side that they pretty much, as I mentioned, sealed the title against with the three Germans. Mm. Yeah, and you had the Juventus who just bought Roberto Baggio. Of course. And along with that Maradona Napoli side who were the champions at that time, were the, were the favourites to win the league that How'd year. How'd that work out for them? It didn't work out so well. In fact, I think Parma in their first ever year in Serie A, finished above both Juventus and Napoli. They finished sixth. Who, who was the Palmer manager that year? Nevio Scala. Ah, right, okay. So he was already in, of course. Okay, mm. yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, that interside, um, coached by um, Trapattoni, mm. who was a serial winner, has won the league, what, seven times as player and the manager. A couple of years ago, with that interside, he broke a record in terms of that you know they put up the highest number of points when it was two points for a win um you mentioned they had those uh those germans they'd added klinsman in the meantime Although, and well to be fair <laughs> he had back then there were limits on foreigners right he replaced the legendary ramon diaz mm. and that's when things began to unravel you could almost say that klinsman was some kind of curse on juventus because oh sorry on inter because notice inter didn't win anything again until 2005-06, and that title, of course, was handed to them. Spurs, of course, didn't win anything after Klinsmann went there. Um, <laughs> the USA. When he so, leaves Germany as the manager, they finally, you know, they exactly. finally win something. Yeah, when he leaves Germany, they start winning. <laughs> uh, you know, he gets sacked with on the way to not qualifying um, the U.S. to the World Cup, which is kind of hard to do when you're in CONCACAF. <laughs> no disrespect to my amigos in, in Panama. So, you know. You wonder if that was kind of the moment to change history. They'd committed to getting Klinsmann and they, they hastily shoved Ramon Diaz out the door. But remember the Germans in this time, this is 1990, the World Cup had just been held mm. in Italy. They had won it. Lothar Mateus had lifted the World Cup trophy. He was very much the star of that inter-team. He was the Ballon d'Or winner at that time. And Samp had never won anything. So going into this game, what, three well, or four games Well, they'd only been around for how long? Less than 50 years at this point. Yeah. People wonder where the name Samdaria comes from. Yeah, go on, tell them. <laughs> it's uh, it's a merger of two clubs, San Pierdarenese and Andrea Doria. Mm. Hence, Samdaria. So Samdaria basically, I think it only had three defeats all season, but going to San Siro against Lothar Mateus, Bremer, Klinsmann, 
notwithstanding Zenga. Zenga. But all the other players as well, Giuseppe Bergomi, Nicola Berti in his kind of... Who was on TV the other night. Oh, yeah? Clearly had drunk a little bit too much. <laughs> they had to basically, after about five minutes, stop going to him because I think he'd spent the night waiting for this late-night show, um, having a few too many glasses of wine. Wow. Nicola Berti, a legend. <laughs> if we can ever get him on the show, that would be a, a happy day. Sampdoria, meanwhile, uh, with a, an eclectic mix of, of players, which featured the goal twins. Obviously, Mancini and Vialli, you know, they were very much in the spotlight. You know, born the same year, they, the stars of the under twenty one team, should have maybe been the stars of the nineteen ninety World Cup team, and then Tobago came along, tried to ruin it all. And Schilacci, um, <laughs> and so that, yeah, and that Schilacci guy. Um, but you know, they were they, they were very media friendly. They were very different personalities. Vialli, the more extroverted one off the pitch who talked and who, you know, led a slightly glamorous lifestyle at the time. Mancini, the one who married early. But then on the pitch, Mancini was was the boss. Um, and from was, an early age as well, no? Well, this is the, remarkable, this is the remarkable <laughs> thing about, about Mancini is sometimes you get those footballers where you talk about manifest destiny. The opportunity to discuss it at length with... Uh, the guy named Mario Sconcerti, who was my mm. mentor in, in Italian journalism. And he's one of those guys who went from being a newspaper editor to actually being uh, a chief executive or director of football, wherever he was, at Fiorentina years later. So he had to walk the walk. And he knows Mancini better than anybody. In fact, he gave Mancini his job. And he said that Mancini is a sense of noblesse oblige, a sense of you are different, you are special. And it comes from the fact that, you know, he was relatively well known when he was 12, moving from from Yezi to to Bologna. At 16, he he started in in Serie A, um, scoring nine goals in a crap team that went down on a terrible team <laughs> that went down. Um, playing with a certain long-haired Franco Baldini, by the way. Wow. Um, nine goals might not sound like a lot, but in terms of Italian football around 1980, it it's an enormous amount. Um, it's 20 goals anywhere else. It's 20 goals, yeah. for exactly. a 16-year-old. <laughs> and he's 16, yeah. yeah. So it's, um, he's had this sense of being the next great thing. People, uh, Sconcerti said it's a little bit like those guys who, who really embrace their nobility or their royalty. Sort of like, I am better than you, and so therefore I must give back more. I have this responsibility. It, for me, at least, it, it's, always, it's always been sort of this fascinating sideline with Mancini. Part of the reason people thought he was, you know, introverted or arrogant off the pitch. I think and it has, on it. Sorry? And on it. And off and on <laughs> it was the fact that, you know, he was, he had this sense of superiority, not because he was arrogant, but because he really was superior mm. and he'd been told he was superior. And objectively, he knew he was superior. Um, there is a school of thought that, Mancini may be the most talented Italian footballer of the last 40 years. Now, obviously, people said, oh, what about Baggio and Del Piero, whatever. That's fine. And they probably achieved more. But I think Mancini, you're always left, I don't know about you, James, mm. with a sense of what might have been. And if you're a conspiracy theorist, he'll tell you that he paid the price for staying at Sampdoria all those years. And if he'd only gone to Juve or to Milan like a good little boy, it would have been different. Um, but, but I mean, that's part of the romance of the character. I mean, Gab's right, because I think Mancini is one of only four players to have won the league title with two different clubs that weren't called Juventus, weren't called Inter, mm. weren't called Milan. You know, he won them with Sampdoria, their first ever Scudetto, their only Scudetto, and then went to Lazio 
and won the title with them, who hadn't won it, what, since 1974. Um, it's something that he did as a manager as well. You know, with Inter, they hadn't won the league for 18 years. And okay, yeah, they got a hand <laughs> in <it to> him. <laughs> but then, uh, and okay, Man City, he has, the, has Abu Dhabi behind him, but they hadn't won the league in, what, more than 40 years. This is a guy who, is, uh, is, is a, who hated to lose, who was just a, a, the quintessential winner. Really. Mm. Not only not only when it came to being super talented, but a winner who really set the tone. But well, he would said, fight with anyone. Oh yeah, I rem- I remember him. Did he get a, a, a like an eight game suspension or something? At, at uh, I think that it was the following season to the one we're looking at, ninety one, ninety two. I, mm. I I remember him having to be dragged off the pitch and uh, early nineties anyway. But I mean, he, he got would, sent off in this game, <laughs> and he got sent off in this game with Bergomi. Mm. So okay, this game here, Sam who have flirted with the title challenge in previous seasons but never been able to sustain it. They needed not to lose this game. Inter absolutely had to win to keep their chances alive. And they absolutely dominated the match, James. Yeah, I mean, it was a man-of-the-match performance from Gianluca Pagliuca in the, in the Sampdoria goal, who you know, Vujidin Boskov, at the end of the season, had said, because of that performance, was their most decisive player in that title-winning campaign. Mm. Because not only does he keep, I think, Klinsman out, he keeps um, Serena out, Bremer out, he saves a penalty at 1-0 from, from Lothar Mateus, which practically breaks his hand. And um, for their remaining games, I think, I don't, can't, remember, can't recall whether he actually played, but that was a big worry. because That made it more important that they saw out that win because they, they might be without Paliuka. And you know, Gab mentioned Sam's, Sam's policy. Um, under Mantovani, which was to buy essentially three of the best under twenty-three players in Italy every year, you know he is again. He was he was fell into that category. Yeah, you know, like Mancini came through Bologna um, and was signed early, and you know became. Well, many people thought he was too young to be the number one goalkeeper in a in a team that aspired to win things, and mm. lo and behold. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are as long as you're good enough. And Paliuka was certainly... He certainly was, wasn't he? Big Aston Villa fan. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember how he got dropped from the national team? We talked about Zenga and his exit under Arrigo Sacchi. Do you remember what Paliuka attributed his exclusion from Sacchi's Azuri? He gave an interview where he talked about the fact... The, the interview, I think it was GQ Italia was the magazine, and they asked him about whether he ever self-pleasured. <laughs> and Paliuka said, yes, of course, two or three times a day. I might be wrong with my statistics there, but he said he he said without any great issue. Well, excuse the expression. Um, it will. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's not a not well, an issue. That that Mateus penalty must have been really really strong <laughs> if it nearly broke his <laughs> wrist. <laughs> right, one of my favorite guys on, in that team. And yeah. I wrote a book with Gianluca Vialli, so I can't say he was my. I can't say this guy's my favorite because I've never met him. But Moreno Manini. Okay. Um, who he scored a. a you may remember this, James. Was oh, this the He's, header? No, the volleyed goal that he scored in the, in, and I remember watching this on television on Channel Four at some point, um, in a, in a live game. He scored this absurd volleyed goal from like outside the box. I remember whoever the co-commentator was just like, and this guy's our fullback. How does he do that? You know, and he, he was, was a cool looking guy as well. He he was a bad, so much cooler than Pietro Vieira was. For yeah, example. Pietro Vieira was pretty ice cold as well. Each Christmas, Sam were famous for doing their charity calendars in which they'd pick a theme and dress up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and Manini always looked the coolest. Whatever it was they'd gone, they could have gone Teletubbies. He still would have looked, styled it out. Am I right thinking that when they all dyed their hair at the end? Yeah. yeah. The season, Platinum except, Blonde, wasn't it? Yeah. He didn't do it. 
Well, well, right. Neither did Mancini, obviously, that's because his hair is too yeah. good. And Lombardo couldn't do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's another of the people who was in that team. Attilio Lombardo, you had Tonino Cerezo yes, as well. Yes, so he, he, I, mean, I didn't think about it. This could have been the coolest team ever. Now, with all of these stars, the man who actually opens the scoring is the soon to be departing uh, Beppe Dossena. Viene fermato ora da Paganin, poi il tocco per Dossena, il tiro a gol! Gol della Sampdoria con Dossena! A sorpresa, passa in vantaggio la Sampdoria! But it's a more traditional source for the goal that seals it, Gianluca Vialli. Scudetto 90-91, Mannini per Vialli, il controllo, supera Ferri, Vialli, Vialli, porta vuota, Vialli e the goal! Vialli, Vialli 2-0! Vialli, of course, top scorer that season, 19 he contributed. Do you know, seven of Sampdoria's players in that season went on to play in Britain. I wonder if you can name them all. Can I try, can I try, can I try? Do you want to? Okay. Yeah. Vialli. Okay. Mancini. Yes. Lombardo. Uh-huh. It's going to be a while, this, isn't it? Listen, yeah. shall, I, shall I help you out? Oh, Branca, Marco Branca. Branca, Branca. yeah, there we go, the Branca. Uh, right, anybody? Fausto Party. <laughs> no, Morena Manini played at Nottingham Forest. Really? That's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. The other names, by the way, that you're missing Ivano Bonetti and Alexei Mikhailishenko. Who did Mikhailishenko play? Rangers. What happened yeah. next? Well, into that season, won the UEFA Cup, which was always won by an Italian. It was kind of contractual back in those days. Juve. Except when Roy Hodgson. <laughs> except when <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Juve finished seventh that season. Yeah. This was Gigi Maifredi's... Uh, the champagne salesman. Champ- yeah. Fell flat. No, not, no European football for them for the first time in three decades. Mm-hmm. As for Sampdoria, as the Scudetto winners, they went into the European Cup, as twas in those days, where they went all the way to the final at Wembley. <clears throat> Ronald oh. Koeman. Stoppage time. But Heartbreak. to Nino Cerezo, yeah. who lost that game, yeah. but then went back to Brazil, played for Sao Paulo in the club uh, the club um, World Cup and beat oh. that uh, Barcelona dream team. So he got his revenge. He got his revenge. Yeah. He was playing on a great Sao Paulo team with, uh, I think Cafu was there, mm. um, Palinha, a bunch of other guys. All right. And then, and then the pieces gradually began to make their way out of Nervi. Vialli moved to Juventus at the end of that following season. World record fee at the time. Boskov had left, replaced by Sven Joran Eriksson. Boskov went to give a young Francesco Totti his debut. That's so true, at down at Roma. Roma. Yeah. What an exciting team that, that was, Boskov's Roma, with Claudio yeah. uh, and, and Well, Mihailovic came in, yeah, later. Extraordinary times. Uh, anyway, Sam gradually then beginning the slow decline... Uh, and, and finally ending up relegated in 1999 under David Platt. Uh, Lee Sharp was uh, a David Platt purchase and who learned of Platt's disappearance shortly after arriving when none of the other players came out for a training session. He was stood there thinking, what's going on? And then they wandered out and said, oh, Lee, in presumably somebody was doing some translating, your friend's left. Without so much as a goodbye, according to Were Lee you Sharp. the one who broke it to him, James? I didn't. I wasn't there that day, but that must have been quite a scene. They fired Spalletti yeah. and brought in Platt, which was Enrico Mantovani's idea, probably advised by Roberto Mancini, who always had an enormous esteem for 
or, platy. Or Mancini wanted to what change Sampdoria's shirt or the away shirt. Right? Mm. Didn't he want it to be like the the Blackburn the one? Blackburn one. Yeah. He wondered why the Ferraris was called the Ferraris. Why do we have to have a play in a stadium named after a former general player and was reminded that he was a decorated First World War soldier? All right. Um, yeah, Mancini. Yeah, essentially ran that club. Well, yeah. Anyway, Sam went down, came back up, and they're in action this weekend. But before we get on to this weekend, of course, Mancini, who had been the de facto manager, then went on to be a manager. And in 2005, January of that year, he was on the opposition bench for one of the most extraordinary matches I can remember seeing, again, against Sampdoria. Mm. We'll have a quick look at that game after this. People of Galazzo, if you want to combine your knowledge of the footy with your knowledge of the FTSE, then you need to get yourself over to the Football Stock Market Football Index. Football Index is a new way to profit from your knowledge of Serie A, the Premier League and beyond. Buy and sell players, build a portfolio, earn dividends and sell at a profit. Because you listen to Galazzo, you can try Football Index and trade up to £1,000 entirely risk-free. Just head to footballindex.co.uk, enter the promo code TOTALLY and if you don't love Football Index... You'll get a full refund with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Download the app or play online at footballindex.co.uk and become a football trader today. T's and C's apply. You must be over 18. Deposit required and please trade responsibly. So the year is 2005. It's January. And Inter are at San Siro. They're battling basically for the top four. Sampdoria are one of their rivals, but Inter boasts a, a team that includes Adriano, also available to their manager, Roberto Mancini, Obafemi Martins, Nigerian teenager, <laughs> asterisk, uh, Rokoba, uh, and, and of course, Christio, Cristiano Bobo Veri. Cambiasso's on that side as well. It's still a great, I mean, these are not the glory years anymore but, but, of City. But, 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 uh, Javier Zanetti? Javier Zanetti's there as him? well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, he's a given, no? Right. Right. Matrix. Sam, <laughs> oh, yeah, Matarazzi's there as well. Yeah. Sam Doria, meanwhile, not quite so full of household names. And it's an all-Italian team from Samp. Is this it? One. Mm, yeah. But one that doesn't feature Fabio Bazzani, who has, according to my report of the, uh, from 2005, to all intents and purposes, eloped to Rome with a showgirl. What was this story? I've forgotten this. Do you remember this? <laughs> no idea. Anyway, well, that Sampdoria side were taking on an Inter team that had won the last three games, strong contenders for top four, and... They were unbeaten in 27 games. 28 that, games, actually, at that point. But that's because they drew... Practically all of those yeah. games. I just want to say one other thing about this. This was probably the last Mancini side that, in my opinion, played really, really good football. His first inter side, 2000, 2004 or 2005. People later say, well, he's too defensive, he's too this, he's too that, he's too much of a pain in the butt, whatever. But that team were really, really fun to watch. They, played, they often played a diamond and whatever. And it was great. And they didn't win. And I think after that, something clicked in his brain and said, oh, look, you can't possibly win by playing proactive, attractive football. And, you know, maybe that's why Mancini is where he is now and mm. other guys Russia. in Manchester City. Yeah. So never were they more fun to watch than in this game, and particularly the last eight minutes. So basically, that inter-team with all those talents were losing 2-0 to Novellino's Sampdoria. Tonetto had scored. Kutuzov had scored. In the 82nd minute as well. In the so 82nd Kutuzov minute. thinks he's won the game. Well, indeed. So does the Radio Cronista, who says, Partita in Casaforte. That's the game sealed, boys. Mancini sends on, well, first of all, Obafemi Martins for Cristiano Zanetti. And then, very late on, Alvaro Recoba, El Chino, for Adriano. Mm. Very PC nickname, that. 
Yeah. So in the 87th minute, then, they're losing 2-0. Rakoba crashes a shot against Sam's upright, and most Inter fans think that's it, and they leave the stadium. But with less than 120 seconds left in the 90, Oba Oba. Parte l'azione dei ragazzi. Palla giocata in avanti su Recoba, Recoba di prima per Martis. Martis parte in dribbling e solo, il tiro, e gol, e gol, riaperta! Oba! 42 Oba! 42 Oba! Yeah, the incredible commentary there of Roberto Scarpini. And Nulla was impossibile because 2-1, two minutes later in injury time, another Martins gem, absolutely extraordinary. The ball's heading out of play. And he does a he does a overhead kind of volley to, mm. to get it back. And what happens next? Bobo Pieri. Bobo Pieri. Palla dentro, Martis, attenzione, ancora palla buona. Viene spallato via, Oba, acrobazia, via Rigal! E gol! E gol, e gol, 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 e gol! Tritalone! 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 Nulla, nulla. Extraordinary stuff. Martins, his impact on this game. Uh, pretty much like what Neymar did against PSG in that second leg at the Camp Nou. Just unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean, he he has a part in not only that goal, not only he scores the one before, but in the in the winner as well. Mm. Well, so now we're well past the 90. Ball is cleared by, by now, a, a desperate Samp bat line. It's 2-2 in a game that they thought was signed, sealed and delivered. The ball falls to Cambiasso. But oh no, he's missed. But then, in literally the last kick of the game, Alvaro Rocoba gets a similar chance. And here comes your ringtone. Wow. Mancini's team played really, really, really good football. And we saw in that game, they would go and they would absolutely flatten the opposition. But the problem is when you do that and you don't score, and then, you know, you do the sneaky thing where, where especially with Novellino, Novellino's one of the little sneakiest. I know it's a podcast, I can't see the expression I'm making, but he's, a, he's, he's like one of those, like, you know, weird rodent types. And not a, I, I don't think he's a very nice person or a nice manager and um and I, and it's exactly what you thought you know by hook or by crook they get a goal and they get another one with with Lutuzov. and this felt like vindication it felt like yeah listen god is watching and god is making sure that the righteous are being rewarded but from two nil down with less than two to play to win three two james yeah and they were trying to draw comparisons after the game like in terms of you know, comebacks not only in Inter's history but in Italian football history and they couldn't find one for uh, what I think the turnaround is in 5 minutes and 27 seconds that's how long it takes for them to score those three goals Moratti was talking about you know when he was a kid and he went to watch into play Liverpool in 1965 they'd lost the first leg at Anfield 3-1 and then won 3-0 at San Siro but that's an entire game in which a turnaround happens not the space of 5 minutes it was a famous derby uh, a famous terrain derby where uh, Juve were up 2-0 and Torino scored three times in the space of four minutes 
And, but, but the thing oh. is, this was late in the second half. It wasn't at the end. Yeah. Was that after Gigi Madoni had died? Was that? No, it was. It was. I mean, yeah, it was after Gigi Madoni died. But it, it was a it fair was few players. Yeah. It was like '83 or something mm, that that happened. Okay. Uh, Who won the title that year? 2005. Nobody. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Uv, of course, finished seven points above Milan, but then other things happened. Inter did finish above Sampdoria. They they were third, mm. up in third spot. All right. Well, they dream of third spot this season, of course. An arduous battle for them to make it into the top four, but one which they can get some ammunition for or get valuable points towards uh, this weekend when they will be travelling to Sampdoria. Listeners, enough of this 90s nostalgia. It's time to talk about shaving. It's time to talk about Harry's. Harry's have got everything you need for a high-quality shave at a better price. Their cucumber and aloe shave gel lathers into a luxurious foam, allowing their German-engineered blades to glide across your face. These blades sit in a non-slip handle with a textured grip for extra precision, and Harry's post-shave balm will leave you extra cool and fresher than ever. Because you listen to Galazzo, you can get a special Harry's trial set, including that aforementioned handle, and your choice of blue, orange or green, a five-blade cartridge, the foaming shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You'll get all of that delivered to your door for just £3.95, and it doesn't come in an envelope or a jiffy bag. It comes in a Harry's branded cardboard box. And if that cardboard box isn't enough to incentivize you, if you don't love your first shave with Harry's, you'll get your money back. Find out more at harrys.com slash Galazzo. That's Galazzo with one L. And two Zs. So a quick look at this weekend's fixtures. The race for top four, you've got Roma in third place right now. They're at Crotone, who stunned Sampdoria last weekend. It's the kind of game you can see the Gelorossi <laughs> making a real mess of. But we'll see. Three points behind them are their neighbours, Lazio, who hosts Bologna. Both those teams, though, have played a game more than the next two sides, which are Inter and Milan. Inter, basically, are only a point behind Lazio. So win their game in hand and they'll... They'll be in the Champions League. And what kind of way to prepare for a game that you want to win mm. by having your manager come out and saying, well, "You know what? We're really not that good. We really don't have that much quality." And, and you know, when before we were winning, and you guys all said, "Oh yeah, Inter winning," but look, they really kind of stink. And I said, "No, no, no. Actually, you guys were right all along. We're really bad." Um, this I, is Luciano Spalletti. This is Luciano Spalletti. I don't know if he's doing some kind of Jedi mind trick. He's probably right that in, in terms of individual quality, apart from Rafinha, who can't stand, and Kandreva, who's too tired, his legs have fallen off, and Perisic, who's the most inconsistent. But Gav, I mean, the, 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 the guy who was asking him this question was like, well, you've got Icardi, isn't Icardi a quality player? And he's like, well, yeah, in the box, he scores goals. But, you know, <laughs> what, I, what I want from a striker is someone who can come between the lines, interact, com combine, yeah. Kai doesn't really do that. It's like, is Spalletti oh, wow. the most downbeat manager in football? Not downbeat. I think he's just like he's he brutally looks miserable, though, brutally right? and provocatively honest. Mm. Um, honest when it suits him. I mean, yeah. the great thing after this was Candreva was basically confronted with these comments, and Candreva uh, said, "What? Um, well, I think he's he's just trying to motivate us. He's finding a way to motivate us." And Spalletti was like, "Well, that's what he might he he, he might <laughs> like to think that <laughs> if he wants to think that, fine." So Inter currently are five, they're in fifth place, a point behind Lazio, but with a game in hand. They're five points clear of their rivals, Milan. They've got a little bit of momentum going on, but of course have that huge match Thursday 
against Arsenal, if that still counts as a The problem match. for Inter, James, is that they go to Samp this, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Samp have been practically perfect at home all season. Um, and they've only got four home games left, one of which is the Debbie d'Italia against Juve. And they've still got to go and play Atalanta away, Lazio on the final day away. I have to play Mazzari's Torino away. Well, but, they have a great record yeah. on final day matches at Lazio, don't yeah. they? When things are on the line. <laughs> so it's complicated, Prince. It's very complicated. Even if they win this game at hand, which is against Milan in the Madonina. So, of course. So. Yeah, of course. Wow. What, what do Inter supporters think, Gabriele? Is Paletti right? Or should he be doing more with this team? Personally, I think he should be doing more. You know, I mean, and I think maybe some mistakes were made in terms of recruitment. I think they should have definitely got rid of, of Perisic because as talented as he, I yeah I don't I think this is the poorly constructed team I've said this before, I'm sure Piero Zilio is a very nice man, but he's just not good at doing his job. It's been many years, and what does he do? He gets a promotion, you know, and they bring in let's bring in another director of football. It's just it's it's a really poorly constructed team with talented mm. players. I mean, Spalletti did call them the Springsteen and Bono of sporting directors in January. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff he says. It's but he's got his little prickly personality, and you know he's he's, he's sort of little acidic and sarcastic, and um, you know permaloso, as we say in, in in Italian. I don't know. So now, like the narrative's brought over. Oh, it's Suning's fault because they should have spent more money, and and look in January. There's a piece in Gazzetta today in January. Well, look, you know, in January, you know, Sabatini and Ausilio. They said, oh, look, we, let's strengthen the team so that we can get into the top four and satisfy financial fair play. I'm like, yeah, it's your solution to everything. Spend more money. I mean, it's, it's like watching a freaking BT Sport last night. Well, how can United get, get better? Well, they're, they need to get three or four more big players. And, you know, I think it was Skulls at one point. Like, how many more big players are you going to sign? Yeah. You know? But, I mean, you look at the money they've wasted. They spent all that money on Condogbia. Condogbia is now Valencia. Gabigol, by the way. Back at Santos. Jao Mario, now at West Ham. All these guys have gone Joe for Mario, like a loss. Way, he carries his own personal curse with him wherever <laughs> he goes. Seriously. No, no, no. He's got, he's got like a cloud. He's like Pigpen from Peanuts. You know, like whatever. Dalbert. Do you remember they signed him for 20 million oh, yeah. in, the, in the summer? Dalbert's and not terrible. Even, yeah, but he hardly plays. So Gab. I was going to ask, uh, give me a reason why this match might be another classic game. Because Sam would be great to watch. All right. So tell us about Sam. Okay, so I mean, they in, on the Marco Giampaolo, you have basically, if Maurizio Sarri leaves in the summer from Napoli, the guy who'll probably get his job is Marco Giampaolo. Because Giampaolo, uh, his teams play fantastic. I mean, you look at their, their, their midfield, he doesn't have a holding midfield player in there. They're all super talented, highly skilled guys. And uh, yeah, it's got its, it's, got its flaws. Um, yeah, this is a team that, for example, cannot win away from home, as we saw at the weekend when they got battered by uh, Valtazeng-Crotone. Uh, Otherwise, they would be in the Champions League race because at home, they just boss everyone. They were 3-0 up against Juventus mm-hmm. going to stoppage time, the last time Juventus lost a game. Um, and, you know, they have got a very good recruitment department. You look at the kids, you know, they signed last year. Um, Schick, who they sold for 42 million. They sold Skrinja to, uh, to Inter, who has been one of the better players. Better so Roma signs. spent more on Schick than they sold Mo Salah for. It's not quite right because the Schick <laughs> deal is this very complicated uh-huh. loan with all these bonuses and blah, right. blah, blah. Okay. But, but yes, in the long term, it's it's entirely possible that it'll turn out that way. But, I mean, you would expect after selling Skrinja, Schick, Bruno Fernandes, um, 
they saw a, a whole raft of other players, that Samp would fall away. They would not be competing for Europe. And instead, Paulo has got them doing just that. Well, they're certainly yeah. contender for a Europa League spot. Top four might be a stretch, but a, a huge stretch. Is it Sunday night, this game? It is. Super. So we all know where that'll be on. Yeah, Sky Italia. And of course, Torreira as well. Mm. Mm. Well, they also have... No, I said Torreira, isn't it? Ah, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I mean, of course, Torreira as well. Mm. Yeah. And they also have mm. one of probably maybe the most entertainment entertaining president in, in Sydney, <laughs> in this ridiculous character, Ferrero, who you just, 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 just Google him and you'll see what I mean. You're, you know, he's, he kind of looks like David Gold's demented Simeon son. It, it's, <laughs> also happening this weekend... Juventus, who have now moved ahead of Napoli, uh-huh. much to everyone's surprise. It could be even further ahead if they beat Atalanta tonight. So they have their game But they're not because evening. they lost 3-0 to Atalanta this evening. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Gasparini <laughs> said so. Noi non ci, scam- noi non ci scansiamo. <laughs> okay. okay. We're not we draw the so. line here. Yeah. Enough nonsense. Enough mm. of this. You had your time against Spurs. Mm. May you go on and win the Champions League. But this is it. La Dea will stop you. Boom. Napoli, meanwhile, at the weekend. It has stopped you, for those listening on Thursday. Please, please. <laughs> Napoli, meanwhile, <laughs> will be seeing if they can draw morale from Juve's shock defeat on Wednesday night by hosting, as they host Genoa, Juve, meanwhile, will be going to Spal. Yeah. Wow, it's a big weekend. Mm. They always are, aren't they? Crazy. Well, there's everything to play for, isn't there, in this league? You know, there's about six teams involved in the relegation the battle. The battle going really on for the Europa yeah. League spot. Can Milan get into the Champions League? Yeah. No... And then the title race, I don't think it's done yet either. So, Twists far from done the and turns. Yeah. All right. Next week, we're going to be looking forward to England's friendly with Italy, but also, because that's not enough, we're going to have a little look at probably, would you say, Gabriele, the craziest Italian team of all time? If not possibly the craziest team Ever. Punto e basta. One with perhaps one of the most heartbreaking epilogues to mm. it. All right. Well. Whoever can we be talking about? You'll find out in next week's Golazzo. In the meantime, it's many thanks to Gabriele and James. Ciao, ciao. And you listeners for providing the ears. We'll be back next Wednesday. Until then, arrivederci. You've been listening to Golazzo, the totally Italian football show. It's a Muddy Knees Media production, and for sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com.